Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Are you ready to get into some Word today? Praise God. Well, I've got some things to share with you today that I believe that uh, will be a help to you and a strength to you. And I'm going to uh, uh, share off of what... Uh, what Pastor Jason talked about last week, uh, we were in Oklahoma, and uh, due to unforeseen events, we did not make it back for last Sunday. Um, we had a, a uh, uh, couple of situations that kept us there about a week longer than we planned to stay, and uh, uh, but anyway, we're glad to be home. Glad to be back with you again. Praise God. This is our favorite place to be. Praise God. We love to be with you. And uh, uh, we are excited about a new year. Fortunately, uh, I had already planned for Pastor Jason to speak last week. So we didn't even have to punt on that. But uh, uh, today I'm going to be talking about, about prayer. And, and, and I want us to... Uh, begin to look at some things that perhaps we haven't thought about before because our whole theme for this year is reintroducing you to God, reintroducing you to prayer, reintroducing you to the Word of God, reintroducing you to, you know, and, and uh, just throughout the year we're going to be on that theme of reintroducing some things. And so we're starting it off by reintroducing prayer. And so let's just raise one hand. I've got both of mine full right now, but uh, uh, let's raise one hand and say this together. Say, Father, I thank you for your word. Your word is spirit and life to me. I believe with all my heart that your word, sown in good ground, produces good fruit. Father, I am good ground for your word. I'm a doer of the word, not a hearer only, and I am blessed in my deeds. And I rejoice today, Father, because you sent Holy Spirit to reveal truth to me. So I call on you today, Holy Spirit, to do your work in my life. I'll receive truth, act upon it, be changed by it, and I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. I want to start by looking at a passage of scripture that most of us are familiar with in Matthew, the sixth chapter. You've got your, you've got an old-fashioned print Bible turn there. If you've got your Bible on your phone or tablet, uh, open it up and, and open to uh, log on to Matthew chapter six. We're going to begin right here at 
verse number 9. Jesus, uh, in, in this passage, his disciples had come to him, and they had, uh, they, they had asked him, they said, uh, Lord, teach us to pray like John taught his disciples to pray. And so Jesus responded to uh, their request, and he began to teach them to pray. And he said this, in this manner, therefore pray. In this manner, therefore pray. He didn't say, pray this prayer. He didn't say, pray these words. He said, and is there something wrong with praying these words? Is there something wrong with praying this prayer? Absolutely not. But he was giving us a, a, a format, so to speak, of or, or principles of how we are to pray. Praise God. And he says, in this manner, therefore pray. Pray like this. And then he begins, he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I'm not going to go any further than that on that, that passage. There's more to it. You can read that yourself, uh, but I'm not going to continue on that. But I want you to, to, to notice this part. In verse number 10, he said, Pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, for many years I heard people say, well, if, you know, that prayer is an Old Testament prayer, and we shouldn't pray that today. We shouldn't pray like that today. And so they, they just write that off and negate that and say, well, you know, we don't, that's not what we should, that's not how we should pray. But notice, the, and, and the reason for that is the scripture tells us the kingdom of God is within you. And so, uh, and I certainly, I, I can never disagree with scripture. And now, sometimes I can disagree with someone's understanding of Scripture, but I can never disagree with Scripture. And it is true that the Scripture does tell us the kingdom of God is within us. So that's a true statement. The kingdom of God is within you. Praise God. But why then would he say to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, as it is in heaven. You see, because it is a very personal thing, how many know that in a kingdom, the will of God is always done? The will of, or the will, not the will of God, the will of the king is always done, is what I intended to say. In a kingdom, the will of the king is always done, you know. Otherwise, heads will roll, you know. But, um, in, there, in, in the kingdom of God, and he's talking about the, the aspect of the kingdom of God in heaven. And in heaven, he said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he said, pray that the kingdom of God, including his will, and he's talking about his his way of doing things, his way of thinking, his way of being, be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, God's will is always done. That's why, you know, we say, uh, people say, well, you know, nobody's going to be sick in heaven. That's true. Nobody's going to be sick in heaven. But why is nobody going to be sick in heaven? Because the will of God is always done in heaven. So what does that tell you about the will of God? That tells me that the will of God, if I am supposed to pray that the will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven, and if nobody is sick in heaven, then I should be praying for people to be healed and healthy on earth because it is the will of God. Now, that tells me. be done on earth as it is in heaven, and nobody is going to be sick in heaven because it is his will that everybody be healthy in heaven. I don't have to wonder if it's his will for someone to be healed and healthy on earth. It is. Now, here's another point of that. You better hope that it's his will for you to be healthy on earth. Because according to this passage, if it's his will for you to be sick on earth, then I can assure you, you will be sick in heaven. Because his will for earth and his will for heaven is the same. Praise God. Praise God. Is it the will of God for you to go broke? How do I know that? Nobody's broke in heaven. You know, everybody is abundantly supplied in heaven. Everybody has all their needs met in heaven. And, you know, we're going to attend something called the marriage supper of the Lamb. And I bet there's going to be enough leftovers from that to supply the rest of eternity. You know, although I don't think that's going to be necessary that you eat leftovers. I'll you know, but, uh, you know, he said, pray that your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So now we have established how can we know what his will is for earth because it's the same as heaven. In First John, John wrote this, uh, chapter 5, verse number 14, I believe it is. He said, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, we know he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have the petitions that we have desired of him. Praise God. So when you pray, pray the will of the known will of God. You see, God's will is not this mysterious thing. Many people determine what God's will is based on what happened. After the fact, they say, well, it must not have been the will of God. Or it, it, it must have been the will of God because that happened. See, we don't determine what the will of God, what 
what good would it do to ask according to his will after the fact? You see, we ask according to his will before, because we have already been given insight into what his will is. His will is his word. So when we find out what his will is, some people have asked this question in times past. They've said, well, you know, what's more important, reading your Bible or praying? I say both. Why? Because I can't pray effectively unless I have been opening my Bible. I can't know what his will is unless I've opened my Bible. I can't determine his will by what happened. I have to determine his will by what he said. Praise God. So I've got to go to the Word of God and find out what His will is. And how many know that if it was automatically, if the will of God was automatically done on earth, automatically done on that there would be no point in praying like this. If God's will is just going to be done just because it's the will of God, which is what many, many Christians believe, that then if his will's just done automatically, there's no reason to pray. And he said, pray like this. Pray that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There is a, an agenda, and here's where I really wanted to get to this, because we want to pray for our nation and for our world. Heaven has an agenda. Heaven has certain things that are the will of God, and they are always done in heaven, but they are not always done on earth. And so we need to find out what God's agenda is in heaven, and then we'll know what his agenda is on earth. Praise God. And so when we know what his agenda is, now, how are you going to find out what his agenda is? Now, there are certain things, like I, I mentioned healing. I mentioned, uh, you know, provision for your material needs. I mentioned those things. They're very clearly spelled out in the Word of God. But there are some things that are not spelled out in the, will of, uh, in the Word of God, in the written Word of God. They're not clearly spelled out in there, you know. We just went through an election, and let me tell you this. I did not find either candidate, any of the candidates' names in, in the written word. You know, I didn't find where uh, the Bible said you shall vote for this person because it, this person is the will of God. I, I didn't find that written in the Bible. Now I find some principles, and you know, and I, and I believe that I can use those principles to help me determine that. But there are certain things that are to be the agenda of God on earth, and and one of the things is I mentioned this, uh, you know, earlier when we were praying. I, you know, I mentioned that um, you know we pray. God has an agenda. And his agenda for earth is that there be an outpouring of the Spirit of God on this earth. And we have not seen what's been promised in the Word of God. We've seen some outpouring of the Spirit of God. 
we have seen some great and mighty things take place on planet Earth. Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost, and he began to preach, and he said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. uh, by the prophet Joel, saying, In the last days, saith the Lord, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see, uh, shall dream dreams. And your old men shall see visions. And, and, you know, and he talked about the outpouring of the spirit of God on earth. He said, This is that. And he says, In the last days, these things will happen. We have seen some of that. Peter said, this is that. But how many know that the last days didn't end, you know, if if Peter was in the last days, then we're really in the last of the last days, right? I mean, we're, we're a whole lot farther removed than, than Peter was. So if Peter was in the last days, you don't have something else after you have the last, right? I mean, if, if it's the last, it's the last. And so if Peter said this, he, he said this is the last days, then we are still in the last days. And so if we are in the last days, then God said that in the last days, he would pour out of his spirit upon all flesh. And he talked about that Jesus went back to heaven and he says, that heaven must receive him until the restoration of all things. Have we seen all things restored? What do you mean the restoration of all things? Well, what did God intend for life on planet earth to be like? You know, did God intend... I mean, would would you say that wars and rumors of wars and and disease and plagues and viruses and pestilence and 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 would you do you believe that that's the way God intended for life to be on Earth? No. Nobody would agree with that. Nobody would say that that's how God created it in you know in the Garden of Eden, and He's. He, you know, God didn't tell Adam he, what to do in case of an earthquake. God didn't tell Adam what to do in case of a virus. Why? Because that wasn't his plan. Those things came in as a result of the fall. And God has an agenda for earth, and God is, he said, heaven must receive Jesus until the restoration of all things. And then he said, you know, I see here's here's where we've been taught, or at least I know I was, I was taught that things are just going to get worse and worse and worse. Earth's just going to, you know, things on earth are going to get so bad that we just can't uh, endure any longer. And then... God's going to send Jesus back to rescue us. Well, I don't deny that things are going to get worse and worse and worse. But you see, not for me. 
Well, you think you're somebody special? Well, I'm a believer. I'm a child of God. So I'm not special in and of myself, but he made me special. I'm special to him. Praise God. You're special to him. Praise God. And he did not intend that for you. What did he say in Psalm 91? He says, only with their eyes, he's talking about those who have set their love upon him. He said, only with their eyes would they look and see the reward of the wicked. You see, God intended for you to have the abundant life here on this earth. Jesus said this in John chapter 10. He said, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. He did not add to the end of that when they all get to heaven. You know, I grew up singing, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Well, it will be, and that's a true statement, but I don't have to wait till I get to heaven to have a day of rejoicing. Praise God. Praise God, because I can have rejoicing here on this earth because I've tapped into and I've heard heaven's agenda. Praise God. And you see, when we have been listening to heaven's agenda, when we've been listening to what is being said and spoken over planet Earth in heaven. Now, see, here's the deal. I, I've been given a lot of attention lately to uh, the prophets and the things that the prophets are saying. And um, I've, I learned something about a prophet's ministry, you know, and most people have viewed the prophet almost like a uh, a fortune teller. Well, he he sees into his spiritual crystal ball, so to speak, and then he tells us what's going to happen on the earth. But here, let me explain something. Here, here is how a prophet operates. A prophet hears heaven's agenda, what God wants to do on the earth. And I've taught you this, that God gave man authority on the earth. And he said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven or will be what's bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be what is loosed in heaven. And so he is saying, here, here is how the prophet works. The prophet hears the agenda of heaven, and then he begins to speak it. God cannot just come into the earth and just do whatever he wants to do. Because I'm telling you that if that were the case, there would not be one unsaved person on this planet. Because the Bible clearly tells us that he desires that all men be saved 
and come to the knowledge of the truth. There would not be one person unsaved and not one person ignorant of the truth if God could just come and do whatever he wanted to do. Why most people, you know, that, that believe that, well, God can just do whatever he wants to do. Well, then you also have to believe that everything that happens was the will of God, which includes a whole lot of stuff that he said not to do. Now, does it make sense that God would say, thou shalt not murder, and yet people are murdered every day? How can you say, if it's not the will of God, then it won't happen? You know, I mean, if, if that... Uh, um, if if that belief were true, then the, nobody would be murdered. Because he, you know, there are things he said not to do. You know, he said, "Thou shalt not commit adultery." Yet people are committing adultery a lot. He said not to do it. But if everything that happens is the will of God, then the couple that committed adultery could tell their respective spouses, well, it was the will of God. Just blame it on him. Does that make sense? I mean, mean, not what they say, but, but what I said. Does that make sense? That if it's the, you know, if you say if it happens, it's the will of God. If not, then... You know, it wasn't the will of God. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Okay, all right. I I figured you did because you're above average. Now you can turn to your neighbor and say he's talking about me. Praise God. But you see, here's what the prophet does. The prophet hears the agenda of heaven And then he hears it so he can start talking about it. And when he starts talking about it, and then others hear what the prophet is saying, and and they begin to come into agreement with what the prophet is saying, and then they begin to speak that, what are they doing? They are giving God permission to do it on earth. Praise God. It's already been established in heaven. He's already determined it in heaven. And now he says, you know, we, we can go through uh, we can go through the 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 scriptures of the, the prophecy of Jesus coming into the world. And I, I everything that Jesus ever did, he said this. He said, I only do what I hear my father say. Uh, you know, I only do what I hear from my father. I only do what I've seen my father do. Why? Because it was established in heaven first. Then it was spoken on the earth. And when it was spoken, Jesus could not come to this earth and do anything that had not been spoken on the earth. Every, that That's why it took... 4,000 years from the fall until Jesus came to the, into the earth. That's why it took 4,000 years because every detail about Jesus' life and what he would do when he got here had to be said first. 
Now, there are a lot of things that God wants to do in this earth. That's, that's why the prophets, as I said, for 35 years, we've been saying that uh, the glory of God is about to break out on this earth like never. That's why we've been saying that. And I've still got a lot of people that have been listening to me say that who are saying, well, I don't know. I hope so. I need you to get on the same page. I need you to start saying the same thing I'm, I'm saying because I'm hearing the agenda of heaven. And this is what God is wanting to do on earth. Now, you say, well, how does that relate to prayer? You, you know, you've been preaching for 30 minutes now, and you haven't talked much about prayer. Well, here's what I want you to understand about prayer that we need to hear. Do you realize that, you know, if, if I were to ask you, for a definition for prayer, some might say talking to God, but some might say talking with God. Talking with someone, that means they're talking back. That means there's a two-way conversation going on. So that so is it is it prayer if God's talking back to you? Is that still considered prayer? You know? Sometimes we just talk to God, talk, 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 and then we get through talking and we run off and do whatever we're going to do. But prayer is a two-way thing. Prayer is I talk to him, yes, but then I listen to him. Now, this is something that I have learned over many years is to listen all the time. He doesn't talk all the time. But whenever he wants to talk, I'm listening. Praise God. And I want you to learn, because here is an important key. You cannot be afraid if you're hearing what he's saying. Fear becomes an impossibility. Discouragement becomes an impossibility if you're hearing what he's saying about it. Because he said through the prophet Jeremiah, he says, I know the thoughts that I th have towards you, saith the Lord. They're thoughts to, to bless you, not to harm you. They are thoughts to give you a future and a hope. That's what he's thinking about, and what he's thinking about is what he is saying, and I want to listen and hear the agenda of heaven. And the Lord taught me this many years ago. I was praying. I was, I was just talking to God, and he interrupted me. And he said, uh, can I say something here? Well, you know, when God asks you if he can say something, what do you say? Sure. Speak on, my Lord. You know, you, you listen when God wants to talk. And he began to teach me. He said, it is equally as important for you to listen to me as it is for you to talk to me. 
And it's just as much prayer for you to listen to me as it is for you to talk to me. See, I tell, and then he, he, he taught me this. You know, he is, well, let me, let me start this, flip this, this statement over and, and start at it the other way. When it comes to the knowledge of the universe, when it comes to the knowledge of all things, all things in the spirit realm, all things, I, I know I know a whole lot more than I used to know, but compared to God, I still know about this much. You know, I know very little. He knows it all. And I was thinking about this one day, just meditating on it, and I thought, why is it that the one who knows the least talks the most? Wouldn't we be way ahead if we recognize he knows a whole lot more than I do, so I should listen a whole lot more than I talk? And so my prayer time, my prayer life has become so much more listening than talking. Now, I've got some things, I've got questions I need to ask him. Although a lot of times he already know, well, always, but a lot of times he answers the question before I even ask it. I'm just thinking about it, and he's already answering the question. Sometimes I didn't even know to ask it, and he starts to tell me the answer to the question I didn't know to ask. Sometimes he said, you know, he said, um, do you ever wonder about this? Or, or he'll ask me a question. Say, what, what, what do you think about this? Or what? And, and um, I didn't even know I should have asked that question. And sometimes it's like, um, all right, I've been waiting for you to ask, but you're not asking. So here's the question, and here's the answer. We've got to learn the art of listening, listening. He has taught me so much more when I'm listening than he ever taught me when I'm talking. So I want to encourage you as we go into this time of prayer and fasting, ask God to teach you to listen to him. See, if you're struggling, maybe there's some out there today. You're struggling with depression and discouragement. I'm here to tell you the problem lies in your listening. Listen to what he's saying. Hear the agenda of heaven. The agenda of heaven is not saying you're depressed. I'm not saying depressing things to you. The agenda of heaven is not putting you down. If you feel put down, it's not heaven you're listening to. There are some of you who believe things about yourself 
that God never said about you. Somebody else has said those things about you, and you are born into it. Learn to listen to heaven. You listen to the agenda of heaven. I'm telling you, that will set you free from things that people have spoken over you. It doesn't matter what people speak over you. It matters what heaven's speaking over you. Hear the agenda of heaven for your life. You can never believe you're a failure if you're listening to heaven. You can never believe that you're going to die of this sickness if you're listening to heaven. You can't believe it. You can never believe that you're going to fail and go under if you're listening to heaven. You can never believe that you're too stupid to do this or to understand this or to accomplish this if you're listening to heaven. Because heaven's agenda is nothing but what Jesus came to do, which is to give you life and that more abundantly. And that's all heaven ever says about you. So listen to heaven. Tap into heaven's agenda for your life. You can't be afraid. What if my candidate doesn't win? You can't be afraid of that if you're listening to heaven's agenda. What if this virus lasts another year? You can't be afraid of that if you're listening to heaven. I didn't say it's not going to last another year. I don't believe it's going to last another year, but that's not what I said. I said if you're listening to heaven, you won't be afraid of it. Praise God. Praise God. Because heaven has an agenda for you, and I barely got started today. Praise God. But here, let me just give you these scriptures real quick, and I'll close. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. The secret things belong to the Lord, our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. Notice he said there are some things that are revealed. Well, anything that's revealed is no longer a secret, right? Psalm 25, verse number 14. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. Now, he's not talking about who are afraid of him. He's talking about those who have a a high level of reverence and awe for him. Here's what he says. He says, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. And he will show them his covenant. Proverbs 3, verse number 32. For the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord, but the secret counsel is with the upright. He tells you secret things, so they won't be a secret to you anymore. Praise God. Psalm 91, verse 1, he who dwells in the secret place 
of the Most High. See, that's a place you can live in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amos chapter 3, verse number 7, Surely the Lord does nothing unless He reveals His secret to His servants, the prophets. Matthew chapter 13, verse 35, That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables, I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. Luke chapter 11, verse number 33, no one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place or under a basket, but on a lampstand that those who come in may see the light. See, God's not trying to keep secrets from you. He's trying to reveal secrets to you. Praise God. There was a time when the, the word of the Lord had to be kept secret because had the rulers of the darkness of this age known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But it's too late for them. They already crucified him. And he already rose from the dead and he already defeated them. And now in Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 10, he says to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. See, he's wanting to tell us the wisdom of God so we can make it known. Hallelujah. Make it known to the principalities. That's the ones he kept the secret from. Now he wants us to reveal it even to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Praise God. God's wanting to reveal secrets to you. But you're going to have to listen. You're going to have to tap into that prayer place, that secret place of the Most High where He reveals secrets. Praise God. He's not wanting you to be in the dark. He's wanting you to know. Praise God. He wants to reveal to you. Praise God. Praise God. Father, we thank you today. According to your wisdom, you kept the secret things a secret so that the rulers of the darkness of this age would nail Jesus on a cross, sealing their own doom. And then you raised him from the dead, just like you had said you would do. They just didn't understand. Just like you said you would do. You raised him from the dead. You raised him up to newness of life.
rose again from the dead, having disposed of us. And he has raised us up with him. Praise God. If you believe that today, one way that you seal that and make it a personal thing, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Instantaneously, you will pass from death to life. Instantaneously, God, the Godhead, Father, Word, and Holy Spirit will move on the inside of you. trust in other things for my salvation, but my trust completely is in what Jesus did for my salvation. And I choose Jesus to be my Lord today. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. and We've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us. And remember that God is madly in love 